several weeks ago, I talked about revival. And I want to revisit that today because some awesome things have occurred recently around this United States. Carly Rockin' in the School of Life. He is here talking about stuff and whatever's going on in his brain. You know it is 100% Bridget! All right, here I am. It's me talking about living life and loving Jesus. I hope you guys are having a fabulous week. I would like to say thank you to all of the people that listened on audio. You guys are awesome. You pumped me up to my biggest month yet, and I just really am excited about to see how things continue to go, and I hope you guys liked and shared everything. So here we go. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, ring the bell, and uh, that way you get all the... All my videos that are coming up next, generally on Fridays, but here we go. So, and if you are listening on audio, once again, thank you so much. Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Pandora, just to name a few, but pretty much I'm anywhere a podcast is. You can check me out pretty much anywhere. So make sure to, to, to listen, watch, like, subscribe, and do all the stuff, leave comments, do the things, and just be awesome and great <laughs> and if you're watching me on youtube check out this awesome beard or or if you're watching me on facebook and uh, just to let you know i take care of this beard with wild bull products they carry all kinds of great stuff you can get shampoo you can get uh beard wash uh beard butter beard oil and you can get soap all 100 natural stuff make sure to go to wildbull.shop and own your game. Oh, and by the way, you can put in the coupon code WILDBULL100 for 15% off select products. <laughs> All right. So I know my last one was kind of long, but a lot of people must have liked it because it got listened to a lot. So uh, well, anyway, so I'm actually going to do something that I, I, I don't normally do, but I'm going to go back to, uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but it's probably about three or four, maybe four or five weeks ago. I, I, I actually talked about revival and how revival starts. And that it starts in the heart. And that's that's really where everything starts at when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is it starts in your heart. And what comes out of your heart is will, will tend to happen. And uh, so, so some interesting things have happened in the United States recently in uh, talking about revival. So I was kind of wanted to just kind of revisit some of the stuff that I talked about. And uh, so I'm going to start with the definition. There, there's a definition of revival. And it's called, it says the awakening or quickening of God's people to their true nature and purpose. And I like this definition because revival starts in the heart of the individual and then spreads to others. And uh, so several weeks ago, a group of students, um, I believe it was in Kentucky off the top of my head, um, during chapel time at a college, um, decided to linger and began to seek God while they continued to worship. And... What came out of that was this multiple day revival of God's outpouring. And I thought it was really fascinating to see the clips and the things. And then some, some newscasters picked it up. And it was really kind of fascinating to watch because 
Um, I love that kind of thing because it just goes to show the Holy Spirit is still here today. And, uh, and But at first, I'll be honest, at first my thought was, these guys just don't want to go back to class because <laughs> it happened in a college, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> but what happened was these individual students just simply wanted to be in the presence of God. That's my understanding. And because these people were willing to just seek and worship, it, it, it created a moment in time where others started to make the same decision. And that's exactly what I spoke about last time was that, hey, you know, if you have, if you want revival, you have revival in your heart and, and you're repenting and you're doing the things required to spark that revival and you, and you get with another group of people and slowly more, that slowly gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and in a few moments uh, uh, within this thing that was happening, a gathering began and, and it turned into an awakening to the presence of God and many people started to show up literally from around the world to step into God's presence. And, and, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure if it's still actually happening or not, but I, I know one, one of the leaders of the thing kind of stepped up and said, hey, we're going to um, kind of get back to normal here as best as we can. And I just think it was kind of neat that a, a small group of in, individuals were able to fan the flame of revival. And it made me feel confident about what I spoke about. And, it, and, and, and that's why I think it spoke. Oh, here it is. Uh, I spoke about that in, uh, I believe it was episode 125, and it was called Revival with a question mark next to it. And uh, so feel free to go check that out, and, and then I'll continue with, with what I'm saying now. So, um, and revival starts, it starts with a fresh fire, so to speak. A, 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 to represent Jesus as the one who changes lives in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit that convicts the heart unto righteousness. So that's, that, that's really what, what needs to happen in, during and, and as part of revival is people come to know Jesus because of it. The Holy Spirit is interacting with people. People get healed and, and saved and, and set free from things during these kinds of things. And, and there's a reason for that conviction. It's, it's so we can repent and actually be revived, you know, because we, we run around in life just doing messed up stuff. Believer or non-believer, we do messed up stuff. You know, if you listen to last week's thing called uh, First Love, um, I actually spoke about the, you know, the, the Jesus loved us first so that we could actually love him and move forward with him. And that should spread on to other people. And, and this is what I'm talking about right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5. Um, this is Paul. And he says, I, brethren, when I came to you, um, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul says this. He says, basically, I only want to live for Christ. I don't want to do anything else but that. That's, that's my goal. And in the process of that, I speak to other people and I become persuasive because of Holy Spirit. This is what it says in verse 3. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. So he's saying, hey, what I said was not, I mean, it was like, I, I wrote some cool stuff down, and but it was the Holy Spirit, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So it was in the Holy Spirit that his words came to life that caused people to get to know Jesus. And then he says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And that's what's happening in the midst. You, you, people start to see the power of God. They start to see 
that our words aren't as great as they as we think they are, but when the Holy Spirit grabs hold of our words and communicates it to somebody else, and that's because we're in a repentive state when revival t- kicks off. We're in a place where we want to see God, and we want to see his move movements, and we want to see the Holy Spirit do great things. So what happens is the Holy Spirit takes that and says, hey, I want to show you to other people the demonstration of Spirit of the Holy Spirit and his power. Uh, this is Psalms 138, verse 7. It says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. Who is he talking to? He's talking to God. He, he said that God will revive me. He will stretch out his hand. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. So here's the thing is that I walk through the midst of trouble. So as we go through life, we know that God is there to keep us revived and keep us moving and re- keep us going. And I said this in the last the last time I talked about revival. It says revival may start in a corner, but it thrives in a crowd. And revival happens when God's people are prepared. It happens when they're ready for it. And it happens when, we're, we, when we are humble and our hearts are tender. And, and we are reviving others and they witness it and become revived also. God orchestrates and then boom, revival kicks out. And I believe that's what would, and I would, I would have to believe that that's what this group of students might have done or were praying prior to the revival. And when they made the decision to just worship and seek God, that is what happened. So, and, and I have to make that assumption. I have to have that assumption. So, and to, to say, hey, th- this this group of students were probably praying outside of where they were first. Hey, I want to see God move. I want to see this happen. I want revival in my area. I want revival in my school. I want revival in the United States. And I want to see something great happen because, you know, Christians are being mocked and put down and all kinds of things. And to see this type of thing rise up is is really awesome to see God move in this type of way. And, and, and I'll probably say this like a million times. Revival starts with us. It begins with the willingness to seek God and his presence. It begins with a heart of repentance and and not to make the churches mad, but I believe that it cannot be scheduled or advertised or set for specific Sunday service. And I I, I get a little frustrated actually when, oh, revival broke out over here. So we're going to have a revival service on Sunday. (laughs) To me, it's kind of weird. So where really it's the movement of God, that and God reacting to what we are doing because revival is organic. It is the people wanting the presence of Holy Spirit to take over. It is the joy in the hearts of the people that need to experience more. And when you have people that are pressing into him in such a fashion that when he shows up on the scene and at that point, it can't be stopped because Jesus, you have people going, I want, I want this. I want to see God move. I want... I want people to get saved, and I want this to happen, and then I want to. I want ah, you get that? that oh, I just really, really want to see this go down, and then God shows up in that, and I and I think that's one of the greatest things. And, and there's there's representation of this in the Book of Acts. Um, just before Jesus ascends, you've heard me talk about the Book of Acts and and the Holy Spirit coming down and stuff like that. But I want to put it into this context because this is interesting is that in Acts 1, 4 through 8, Jesus tells the disciples something interesting. So here we go. So on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father's promise, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He's telling them, chill, 
hold on just a minute. We're going to be good. Just go to the upper room, basically, is what he's saying right here. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So they're like, oh, hey, you're going to take care of business right now. And he said to them, it is not for you to know that time or dates. The father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. Verse 4 says it nicely. Don't leave, but wait for the gift. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, he, he tells them to, to wait because the Holy Spirit will come upon them and give them power. He doesn't want them to miss out because there is a plan to move forward and you need Holy Spirit to make it happen. Without Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be having what we see today in like this revival that was happening or is happening. We don't see those things happen without him moving and flowing in the earth. And without the disciples at this time in the book of Acts going, hey, we're going to go and hang out and wait and see what, what, see what God does and wait for the gift. We're going to wait for Holy Spirit to come. None of this starts because it says they'll give you, it says that the Holy Spirit will give them power to do what? To be the witnesses and to go and spread the gospel. So, um, in it, and this all continues in Acts chapter two, verse one, uh, verses one and four, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Remember that they were all in one accord and they were in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, mushy, a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. So we really don't know the amount of time between Jesus's ascension and him saying, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit coming up here pretty soon. And you'll have the power to be witnesses and all that kind of stuff. So we don't really know the time frame between Acts 1 and Acts 2, but I'm pretty sure it's only a couple days because Jesus said a few days from now, this will happen. And, and, and but the, the, the phrase when the day of Pentecost is fully comes, it kind of gives us an idea that several days have passed as there is preparation time and people are coming in to this feast. Pentecost is the feast of 50 years. Um, and, and they're coming in from all over the place to, to, to do this to do this feast. And so one can say that, that they were in the upper room for several days. And according to the word, there was 120 people up there just waiting. So my assumption has to be that, they're, that they were doing what Jesus said to do. They were waiting and praying because it says that they were all in one accord in one place. And in order to be in one accord, you have to be all thinking the same thing. So most likely they're praying. So here's this thing happening, which I could say maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody will comment on this, that this group of students that kicked off this thing in, in the college, maybe they were waiting and praying for the time to stay and linger. And they were all the same, thinking the same and believing the same. And they were seeking God's presence. And they were believing that Jesus said that what Jesus said would happen. And guess what? In the upper room, it did. And if my assumption is correct, in that college, it did. And when this occurs, the, the, the movement um, spills out among, among the people at, in, in the book of Acts and 3,000 people receive Christ. This is a revival situation. This is the, the type of thing that, that shows us what revival should look like. People should get saved. People should get healed because right after this, they go to the gate beautiful in Acts chapter three and 
Um, the, the, the man at the gate gets healed and things like this just suddenly start to happen through the disciples and they go around from house to house breaking bread and, and praying for people and people are getting saved all, all the time and it just becomes a cycle that a cycle that continues and is technically still continuing to this day so this is an outpouring a revival an awakening it, it's it's the power of God moving on the people and and it was the 120 people seeking the presence of God and because of this moment a movement of Jesus is still going to this day the spreading of his good news to the people. I'm one of those people. I'm doing that right now. And because of what happened all the way back then in approximately 30 AD that the book was written, so approximately that time frame till today, we're still seeing the move of God on this earth. And when we get to see this representation of the Holy Spirit and his power and the present in the demonstration of that, through a revival somewhere that in, and whether it pops up in your church or in your home or wherever it starts at, that's the kind of thing that happened in the upper room. That's the example. These people were all in one accord. So really it's their heart. Now they had instruction first, but we have that same instruction. Go and wait for the gift. <laughs> and there's nothing saying that this cannot happen today. We have seen revival all over all over the world uh, over the past hundred years or so. Um, so we're some were great and some ended badly, but it, but it does not hinder the fact the Holy Spirit is still moving and changing lives. Because you you, you can think the charismatic movement, um, which was, was a terminology used a while back, the Pentecostal movement or the the charismatic movement or things of that nature, those terminologies. The people that believe in the gifts of the spirit, that's, you know, um, things like that, things of that nature that came out of uh, a revival in Azusa Street and William Seymour. So that was a revival that kicked off there. And what happened in that one was the same thing that happened here. A bunch of people got together, started praying. They wanted to see the gifts of the spirit being used again. And so guess what happened when those people, they were repentant at heart. They wanted to do the things and they, they wanted to see God move. And that's what happened. So if you're paying attention and you're doing those kinds of things and you're doing it as a group in your church or in your hallways or, or on your way to church or wherever it comes from, it still has to come from your heart. You still have to be in a place to see that happen. You still have to be in a place to see God move and, and be praying for that. And so I want to visit this verse from earlier. So I read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5 earlier, and uh, I'm not going to read it again. I'm just going to go through some stuff. So really what Paul is saying in that verse, paraphrase, it says, because he says words like... He says words in this verse like this. I'm going to put it in my kind of word. Hey, my speech ain't great, but I know Jesus real good. <laughs> because I don't want to know anything but him. That's basically what he's saying here. And my speeches weren't all that great because I'm human, but the Holy Spirit was demonstrated and the power of God was released. And he says it perfectly. Your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, when these kinds of things start to break out, we, we, we recognize the power of God in it. There might be somebody leading the thing. There might be a man on the stage. There might be a group of worshipers. There might be those kinds of things. But when men try to start revival on a schedule because it is cool or it's trending worldwide or it's fashionable, I say this, it simply won't stick. It won't make a difference. But when the heart is right and repentance is there and the Holy Spirit is being seeked after, then the power of God erupts and the people begin to notice 
and revival begins to spread because revival is about the heart first. It's about letting God move through his spirit. It is about us repenting and returning back to righteousness. It's about getting back to the one who loved us first because revival starts with us. Right on, right on.